Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, a, a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Wednesday, March 9th, 2016. And today we're going to be reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're currently on page 42, starting with the second paragraph. Today's readers are, we have uh, Martha D. on the 12 steps. We have Barbara N. with the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text, we have Katie F., Gail T., and uh, Arimi M. The, uh, the reference number for yesterday is 8519. Uh, again, the reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, March 8th, is 8519. Okay, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Martha D. to read the 12 steps. Martha? Good morning. This is Martha D., a recovering compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you, Martha. Okay, let me now ask for Barbara N. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Larry. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara N. in New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, (coughs) an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we're, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And just a reminder, uh, when you're waiting in the the queue, in the lineup there, just to to mute your phone until it's your, your time. And we'll wait till you get unmuted. So today we're gonna resume our study of the big book and we are currently on page 42 starting with the second paragraph, which starts, they out, outline the spiritual answer. We're still uh, gonna, gonna flesh out that area and we're gonna start with Katie F. She's gonna get us started, Katie. Good morning, this is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Then they outline the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal churchman, their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow. But the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. That was not easy. 
But the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would, no, I would not go back to it even if I could. And these are, you know, tremendously powerful paragraphs. And, you know, they are paragraphs that I flat out did not believe prior to recovery. I did not believe that I would ever uh, have the freedom and the uh, peace that I have around food. And I didn't think that um, everything that I had ever thought of and the way that I had lived my life was that bad that I needed to throw it out the window. And it wasn't until I was willing to possibly uh, think that that uh, could happen and that my way was not working, I was finally able to recover because I uh, stopped fighting. I stopped saying, yes, but. I stopped saying, um, I know what to do in this situation. And I stopped calling people who would just um, sympathize with me. And I started calling the people who would call me on my stuff. And, you know, I remember hearing uh, a few years ago, someone said this line um, that, that they, um, that that, they said that they had not had a bad day in recovery. And I thought, oh, come on, you know, I've had a miscarriage. I had heartache after heartache until I met my husband. I had this, I had that. And then I thought about it and I realized that, no, I have not had a bad 24 solid hours uh, since I've been in recovery because I have not had to pick up the food and I have not started that cycle all over again. And I didn't think it was possible. I really had given up completely on myself and thought that, you know, mild um, acceptance of obesity was going to be the answer for me because um, I could not put the food down. I could not. I didn't think OA worked for me because I'd been in the rooms for six years. I didn't think that anything was going to work for me. Um, but I have exchanged those faulty ideas and followed a spiritual path for uh, a lot of days now. And I have found that, yes, in fact, I can change. This person who was so close-minded to um, other people's ideas, I can actually listen. And God has worked through person after person after person in my life and helped me to stop uh, wreaking havoc and to stop picking up the food before I give um, recovery a chance to work in my life. And I'm very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. Okay, just a couple of things before I take some names. Um, we're gonna, our comments are going to be focused on the second paragraph that Katie had read, um, the second paragraph. And we got, of course, that three-minute approximate time limit. And then just to be muted until it's your time to share, 
And with that, who's uh, who would like to share? Julie, can I share? Carol Rachel B. B. Melissa C. Rachel Tina B. S. Kim G. Rachel W. Carol D. All right. Wouldn't it be funny if I said I, I didn't hear anybody? Let's start out. No, I, I heard some people, but I, but I, uh, I'm going to tell you who I heard, and please don't be offended if you're like, wait a minute. Just tell me who you are if you don't hear your name. Okay, so um, Julie, Bella, Charles, Mary B, Tina S, Kim G, Rachel W, and Carol. And I know I missed some people in between. Okay, Paula D. Barbara, Barbara B. Melissa C. Reva P. Okay, I'm going to stop it there, and I'm going to tell you who I added in. And I know I got this completely out of order, so I know I'm going to – you've got some resentments on your list here and do some turnarounds. Okay, so I got – in this order, I got Julie, Bella, Charles, Mary B., James, Paula, Tina S., Barbara, Kim, Kim G., Melissa, Rachel W., Carol and Reva, and there's nobody left on the line after that, so that everyone's going to share. So if you heard your name, that's what we're going to go with. And so we're going to start with, oh, wait, I hear someone trying to chime in. Who did I leave off? Was there someone that's, that I left off? Okay. We've got a long list here. So we're going to start with Julie. If you please keep muted until it's your time. And then, Bella, you're going to be after Julie. Go ahead, Julie. Hi, thanks, Larry, for your service. This is Julia, recovered compulsive overeater in California. So the first thing I want to talk about is quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. It doesn't just say solve my food problems. It's going to solve my ego problem. It's going to solve my fear issues. It's going to solve my manipulation, my dishonesty, my grandiosity. And I can go on and on because those are like my favorite defects. But yeah, it's going to, obviously the food is down, I'm neutral, I'm I'm no longer 300 pounds, I'm in a normal body weight, but I am different. And not to say, you know, I had a good, you know, I had good days too um, when I wasn't recovered, but nothing like I am today. And yeah, I have strife. I mean, I have um, a, the government at my work site for three days because of a, of an issue, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be um, grueling. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But it's nothing like it would have been if I was in the food and had that going on. So for me, it's I get to live my life to the fullest. And I've had, you know, my mother has passed away when I was in recovery, my father, my brother. I've had grief, my son in the hospital, you name it. But I was not only abstinent, but I was recovered. And I would not switch any of that for any of the days that I had before I, I got in, not just got in the program, but really got how to live my life with a spiritual solution. You know, I wouldn't trade this for anything because I get to feel, and it's not great times, there's pain, there's fear, but it doesn't last. And there is nothing that can happen in this world that warrants me picking up any of my alcoholic foods because I don't know if I'll ever come back again. 
So this is, you know, life is exciting because I'm not blocked anymore. Only if I work this program, like my life depends upon it because it does. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Julie. Okay, so we're going to, we got to Bella and then Charles. Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Larry, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. I would not go back to it even if I could. No, no, I wouldn't go back to it. To where? To my old belief. To believe that God is a punishing God. And yes, this was my belief before program. I always had a higher power, but the higher power that I call him God was a punishing one. I was always a bad girl. I was always somebody that do the wrong thing, that do mistakes. And this is why God is there to punish me. I didn't want to be close to this God emotionally for sure. And my weight problem is my own problem. It's not his business. And I wanted so much to lose weight. Now I understand that I wanted so much the power and not or the, the, the power and the control, and not only in the food areas, in all the areas in my life. And I was, I was not successful, not at all. And this is why I was all the time in the food, 24-7. I was physically into the food, and in my mind, for sure, 24-7. And no, no, I don't want to go there anymore. Today, thank you, God, I have a higher power, a loving and accepting power. And today, thank you, God, my life is peaceful. Today, I got the freedom. As Yes, as I hear a lot of time in the program, that freedom is not for free. Yes, today, by working the steps, I learn to accept myself as human, Yes, I am not perfect, and I am connected to a loving, accepting power. Today, I don't want to prove and to be a people pleaser anymore. Today, I know that I have to pass over the, the message of God and not my own message. Today, I live in freedom and peace. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Okay, so we got Charles in charge, and then we got Mary B. You're on deck. Charles? Hey, Larry. Thank you for your service, man. Larry came up, man, from Chi-Town, Chirac. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I wanted to drill down. There's a lot of good stuff in here. In fact, um, you know, a nominal, you know, I had been a nominal church man. Their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow, but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. Yeah, yeah, it was. To throw out uh, several lifelong conceptions out the window. Yellow light foods, yeah. You know, what does yellow mean to, to, to a compulsive reader? Slow down. Now, I, I can recall doctors saying, you know, Charles, slow down on all those processed foods. Charles, slow down on that pizza pie. Just, you know, eat it within an hour. Don't eat it within five minutes. 
you telling a compulsive overeater to slow down on you. You know what? I had to throw, even in OA, I had to throw that lifelong conception off. Maybe it wasn't lifelong, but the longevity that I had in OA, I had to throw that out. I can't have yellow light foods. Red means, okay, stop. You need to refrain 100%. Yellow, slow down. Green, go. You know, for me, yellow is green. You know, you mix it all together, it gets green. So I had to throw that out. But guess what? The moment I made up my mind to go through with this process, I had a sneaky suspicion. The big book says a curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved. And it and it proved to be. So, you know, I love when members say, um, you know, we you know, we take that we look at page sixty three every day and say that third step prayer. Because I'm turning my life over to God. When I turn my life over to God every single day, good things happen. You know, I gotta spend time you know what, I gotta spend time with God. I, I, I gotta have hope and faith. Hope that for stuff that's not seen. Because he ain't finished with me yet. So I'm going through the process one day at a time, and with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Charles. Okay, we got Mary B., and then we got James. And James, mute your phone, brother. Thanks, Mary. You're up. Thank you, Larry. This is Mary B., uh, gratefully recovered from Central California, still in southwest Arizona. Thank you for your service, Larry. I'm going to... Drill down right away, as Charles says, because I always talk too long. On the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems, this program must work in every area of my life. And I have a great illustration, I think. And um, I'm 78, and in spite of all the abuse that I've given my body over the years, I have been blessed with very good health until recently when I was diagnosed with a condition. And it's chronic and it's incurable, and I didn't know anything about it. So when I came home, I started reading everything I could get my hands on. I must have had five or six books and every medical article I could find on the Internet. Pretty soon my sponsor, when I would talk to her in the morning, was hearing, Oh, my God, what I read. Oh, my God, this doctor says this. And oh, my God, until she finally said, Mary, stop reading. So I stopped reading about the condition. I knew enough by then and started reading. There must be a solution. There must be something I can do. It may be incurable, but there must be something. And so... I was coming to, oh, you know, this doctor says uh, to do this, and that one says to do that. It's like one says drink coffee, and the other one says no coffee, and so forth. And I was in the middle of a book, and all of a sudden, I shut the book and kind of pushed the button on my iPad, turned it off, and I said, I am powerless. And this is making my life unmanageable. I have already come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity and will restore me to sanity and on to step three if I let him. And at that moment, I turned the whole thing over and let it go. And what that has done, it has opened me up to be able to receive 
any information that I need in order to help myself. And this program does work in every area of my life. When I turn my will and my life over to God, sometimes I stop and say, what does that leave for me to manage? And of course, the answer is nothing. Thank you, God. Thank you for this program. And thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. Mary, thank you so much. Okay, so we have King James and followed by Paula. You're on deck. James? Thank you, Larry. Thank you, everybody who's, who's shared thus far. Hey, good morning, Larry. Um, and everybody's on the call. <laughs> I'm trying to follow up where we're where exactly we're at. I'm pretty sure we're at. Um, anyway, I'm just going to read where I think we're at. Um, but I would not exchange one of its best moments for the worst I uh, I have now. Um, pretty substantial um, uh, statement, and it really resonates with me. And uh, you know, I, I you know this spiritual program has basically brought me to a place where I've wake I've woke up um, out of my drogginess, sleepiness, fogginess. Um, you know, I, I I I'm aware and keenly aware that I've had a lot of distorted thinking. And, and, you know, it's no different than going to um, an eye doctor and getting corrective lenses. Um, you know, all of a sudden you can see a little better, you can see a little further, you can see a little deeper, you, 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 the colors are brighter as a result of coming out of some of the, uh, the fogged out foods such as the high sugars and uh, high calorie content stuff that I was doing. Um, you know, there's, there's something physically that changes for us, but there's something more importantly that spiritually um, I'm not the same person. You know, you know, um, you know the the reality of what I have is just indispensable. Um, I'm at peace with myself. I'm at peace with others, and more importantly, I'm at peace with my relationship with the God of my understanding and revelation. Um, I I now have a, a saying that I've gotten accustomed to using and saying is I no longer what I want. I, I no longer want what I want. Um, I just don't trust my wants. My, my, you know, some of the things that I, I thought I wanted, some of the things that I, some of the things that I thought were important, I'm no longer just trusting that in in and of themselves without going before God and saying, you know, what's what's that really about? Why do I really feel that way? Why do I really think that way? Why do I like that more than that? Or why do I treat that person this way and, and another person a, a totally different way? I'm asking God about all of those things and just saying, you know. My wants have always been distorted, always, until the reality of this spiritual program and the, the relief of the spiritual malady for myself. So I want to just say this. I wouldn't trade my best day prior to this to my worst day today. Even if, even if I get off this call and the unexpected were to happen, I wouldn't trade it because of the relationship and the strength that he is and he, that I have within the God that I now serve, which is a clarity it's a clearness, and it's 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 really great. And I just appreciate um, again um, being a, having the opportunity on this call. With that, I pass. James, thanks so much. Okay, so we have Paula followed by Tina S. Paula, <laughs> thank you. This is Paula B. And currently in Florida, and uh, I am a compulsive reader recovered today by and with the grace of God. No, I'm just going to back up a bit. Um, we see the word quite as important, 
All right, so there are other factors that were important. So I'm just going to back it up a bit, and then I'll go forward. And it says that I know, it says I made up my mind to go through with the process. So there was a thought, made up his mind, and then a feeling. That's what happens with me. It's always a feeling. First I think it, then I feel it, whether it be resentment, whether it be love, either one. And then I'm going to go back and follow it up with, was the discovery, look at more, yeah, more. It wasn't enough, you see, to continue on on a daily basis, no matter what. That spiritual principles would solve all my problems. And I know somebody underlined and emphasized all. And it does. It goes into more realms than what we ever thought. It's more than just the physical realm. I thought, oh, yippee, finally, I'll wait, and I'm staying with it. Imagine, season after season, not changing your clothes, way more than that. Way more than that. All my problems, whatever I thought they were, all of a sudden they weren't problems after all, because I wasn't by myself anymore. It's just had been brought into a way of living. Now look at the word brought. Honey, we were brought into here. This is when I realized the power that, that it talks about, the inner resource that we have tapped into. More satisfying, but I loved what he said. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one. Oh, I can list off many, many good things that had happened, but I would not exchange it. No, not its best moments for the worst I have now. You know, they use the word worst, every single worst now. Because again, then again, is your mother 95? Yeah, she is. Is her great-grandson only a year? Yeah. Yeah. Is your sister feeling well? No. Worst ones? There isn't. Because I've tapped into, as it says, so I'm not going it alone. I know every morning and every night I tap into it all throughout the day. And in a resource that carries you through. I don't know if there's a worse moment anymore. But I will tell you, it ends with, I would not go back to it. Even if I could. No. No exchange. Fine. Right where I am. Thank you for the opportunity to share. I will continue to listen. Bless me. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Okay, so we, next we have Tina, followed by Barbara. Tina, your turn. Thanks, Larry, for your service. Um, wow, some great shares. I totally enjoyed it. Um, Tina S., Cultivator Anorexic in Florida. And, well, you know, I, I too, was, was uh, concentrating on quite as important, you know, a great significance, profound effect on success was the action or the process of discovering, you know, and for a long time I didn't want to discover a whole lot of nada. You know, I thought I was just okay just the way that I was and um and I got me a seat in quite in a couple of twelve step programs being okay with just the way that I was and um you know, I know today that it talks about how spiritual principles solve all my problems and it's already been shared. It says all. It doesn't say just this problem or that problem and I'll take care of the rest. It says all my problems, you know, and and also what I loved is that it says, you know, I have been brought I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely, you know, um, infinitely more satisfying and in that word infinitely is, is great, you know, uh, without no bounds and 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 I hope more useful. You know, and that was not something I wanted to be when I got here was useful, you know, so that God can use me, 
you know, for his will and not for Tina's own purpose. And, and again, I just have to reiterate, that is not why I came here. And, you know, through the transformation and 12 steps of Alex Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, I, I was brought to this place. And, and I can continue to carry it on. And, and what a great... What a great source that I have, a God in my life today, to help me to be, to do that. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, we have Barbara, followed by Kim G. Barbara? Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Reader from Massachusetts, calling in from Florida. Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. Well, that's very important for me to look at and to hear those directions in the big book because I misunderstood for many years in a way uh, that spiritual did not mean religious. Uh, They can feed one another, but I cannot recover from compulsive overeating and have recovered life just with religion or just with spirituality. It has to be the spiritual principles, as the sponsor said in early recovery, are what's contained in the 12 steps. So I can't think I can go to a place of worship and then go on trying to have a way of life. I can't just go to meetings and have a way of life. As Fred says in the previous paragraph, you know, that program of action was pretty drastic. Uh, It was sensible, as he says, but pretty drastic. Um, so to live and continue to live and learn uh, in the 12 steps and practice those principles in all my affairs is the call to this wonderful, as it says, happy, joyous, and free life. Um, but sometimes it's drastic to have to change and go through all those things. And um, what's the payoff? The payoff used to be going to food and other behaviors, pain-free existence for a moment, now the payoff is a continuing, deep and growing, uh, useful and happy and sane way of life. Uh, so I thank God for this and for the, all these ongoing discoveries. And I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, so we got Kim G. And then, Melissa, you're on deck. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, all. My name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I have since been brought into a new way of living, infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I had lived before. I have since. Since what? Since I worked the steps. That's the sense that they're talking about here. So I just want to talk. I'm someone who was in the rooms for many years, almost 17 years before I really decided to work the program of recovery. So what I did is I tried to live off the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. So what were my results when I did that? You know, meeting makers make it. Now, my experience now is meeting makers make a lot of meetings. But if my, my recovery was based on that, that meant I had to go to seven meetings a week. You know, a good year in OA was if I was abstinent more than I wasn't abstinent. Another thing I always heard was service is slimming. And unfortunately, you go to any region convention or world service convention, we can see that isn't true. You know, I used to live for my phone call to my sponsor because I couldn't make a decision. I was not God-reliant or power-reliant. I was sponsor-reliant. You know, we talk about it being a program of attraction, and I thought that meant, well, now I'm skinny, and I bought blonde hair and blue eyes, so I must be a program of attraction. 
But the fact was I had to avoid people, places, and things. So how was I going to attract anybody if I only could stay in my house because I was afraid to go to a restaurant. I was afraid to go to family functions. You know, I had two sponsees normally. So what would happen is in steps one, two, three, I would admit I couldn't manage my own life, and then I would become a life coach for somebody else, and i try to manage their life. No one stayed abstinent. I was just interfering with them getting a connection with the power. And the popular saying around my area is that with the food, we have to take the tiger out of the cage three times a day. So what I would do is I would go to sleep every night exhausted, exhausted from having fought the food all day. Does that sound like something you guys want to, re- want to have the rest of your life? I'm sure it sounds familiar to many of you, but that's not what this program is saying. It's saying my life is going to be infinitely more satisfying. So what is my life like today since I've done 12 steps? Well, I have a step 11 practice. I have a morning practice. I have an evening practice that I pause throughout the day. I have a step 10 practice where when, when disturbances come up, I can be rid of those. And on average, I work with four to six people. And what I do is I get them through the steps so they're connected with the power, not with me, and then I go on to the next person. And that is absolutely freeing. It's not exhausting because it's not about me. It's about getting them connected with the power. And I am an active member with my family, with my work, and with my home. And if you want to know what that feels like, turn to those 10-step promises. Because let me tell you, when I worked the fellowship only, I experienced the opposite of those promises. I was always fighting everything, everyone, and even the food. I was cocky or I was afraid. Nothing had been removed. It was always one bite away, and I had no neutrality. So I invite you to work these steps so you can experience the promises that each of us can have today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay, so we have Melissa next, followed by Rachel W. Melissa? Hi, good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overshare in New York. And, um, you know, what jumps out at me is this, the word satisfying and how, um, you know, what does that even mean? And, you know, what I know what it used to mean, I was always chasing satisfaction. I was always chasing um you know, that, that good feeling. And and I could not stand ever feeling uncomfortable in any way. And that that satisfying feeling, you know, what I was looking for was elusive. It was never able to be filled. I was looking for more praise because um, I was definitely addicted to that. And I was looking for um, more food, more, just more, 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 because I was like a bottomless pit inside. And, you know, working with these, these staff and working this program, yeah, I had to fully concede that I was the real deal and that I was left. And that uh, although on paper, you know, my life was, wasn't horrible, there were lots of tragedy and loss and there was pain like everybody. But, um, but it was unbearable. At the end, it was unbearable. And so, you know, when, when I reached that point, I realized that, what I thought was going to satisfy me, um, I knew nothing. You know, it was when I finally realized that I knew nothing, that my satisfaction or what I thought was satisfying um, wasn't reliable. I couldn't rely on what I wanted any longer. What I wanted got me here. And, um, and that this life that I'm living is unbelievably more satisfying. And my, de- my definition of satisfying has changed. And that's been it. Satisfying doesn't mean 
that I'm comfortable every second of the day, that I'm always feeling gay and, and happy with what I have. Um, you know, it's um, it's trust in God. It's, it's trust in the spirit of the universe that if I'm uncomfortable about something, that's okay. I'm going to survive it. Um, and that my satisfaction comes from doing the work of the program. And so, you know, people say to me, how do you possibly have time? You know, you're, you're busy. How do you sponsor? How do you do this? Um, that's been the satisfaction is that time has just somehow multiplied in my life. There seems to be more time in my life um, to give, and, and I'm giving back. I'm getting back. Instantly, my life is better. Thank you. Is that okay? Thanks, Melissa. Okay, so we have Rachel W. followed by Carol. Rachel? Good morning, Larry. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Overeater calling from New York. Good morning, everyone. Um, You know, the beginning of that sentence on the top of page 43 starts with, my old manner of life was by no means a bad one. Um, You know, I could do a cross-section of the old manner of living, and one is in the disease, which is clearly unmanageable, you know, um, being diagnosed with gestational diabetes and then going to a bakery on the way home from the appointment. Um, so much unmanageability that was just so, so clear. Um, um, and in, in the program, you know, in, in the OA rooms, um, um, I had my old manner of life, you know, consisted of me sitting in meetings and lying about abstinence or lying in some other way that I, I could look good. And in the previous paragraph, you know, we're, we're told that we had to throw several lifelong conceptions out of the window. Well, you know, I question this, this phrase, this part, first part of the sentence, my old manner of life was by no means a bad one, truly. Am, am I really the one to determine that? I don't think that, you know, today when I look back, I don't think I could actually say that because I don't know, I didn't have the, the lenses that I have today, you know, as was referred to before. I don't, I, I don't think I'm a good judge of what was good or bad, you know, because my life in the food was, um, my life in the food was, uh, I didn't set my timer, sorry, <laughs> if you could just help me with that. Uh, my life in the food was, um, was clearly unmanageable, and my life in the rooms was clearly unmanageable. So, so how do I know what was good or bad? But so what I do today, you know, the only difference, and I know there's newcomers out there, I know that you're not coming on the line this morning, and I know where you're at, and I know that I was there before. I used to listen to this meeting binging on donuts. And I asked myself today, I still ask myself today after almost two years of abstinence out of a relapse, um, I asked myself, am I living in a preconceived notion? Do I have a preconceived notion? Part of that preconceived notion was that this wasn't a deadly disease. You know, I thought that this wasn't. And until I got that, that this is a deadly disease, that this does kill physically, emotionally, spiritually, that was the step one I had to take. It was messy and not glamorous. But when I finally did it, I could come into the steps and come into this fellowship. And that's the only difference. The only difference between me binging and me being on the phone this morning are the actions I've been taking um, with the help of this fellowship. And um, I'm just so grateful. So thank you for allowing me to share. Rachel, thank you. You still have 42 seconds left on your plate. I'll save it for next time. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. We have Carol next, followed by Reva. Then we'll probably stay camped out here if there's any time left. So good morning, Carol. Good morning, Larry. Carol G. from the UK, recovered. Thank you so much, Vision, for you. 
Wow, I'm having a spiritual experience this morning. This is such a powerful part of the program. Um, part, you know, the chaps, I'm even lost for words now. I've just been awestruck by the other shares. I would not go back. Oh, I would not go back, I swear. How many times have I looked enviously at children or my own childhood and wished if only I knew then what I knew now. And, you know, I would do something differently. And then the next same thought would come along and say, mm, I don't want to be 16 anymore. I'm quite happy with where I am. Thank you. My life is right on schedule. Nothing was wasted. And this really touched my heart today and moved me to tears. And as this chapter comes to a close, there's kind of a door opening between step one and step two. I can feel it between disease and this emancipation that we're being offered and this freedom from this lifelong bondage that I've suffered with. And in a flash, I was reminded of the long-distance journey that it's taken for me from my twisted mind right down to my heart. In my first year of OA, the only way I could get abstinent was to agree with myself that on my deathbed, I would call for 10 of each. That's what I always used to say, and it was the only thing I could do on my own power. And right now, with my sane mind, I see I clearly don't ever want to go back. I want to grow forwards. Today, when my time comes, say, for me to leave the planet, I want to be totally connected to this living source of power that showed up for me. I want to unite with this thing that I call God because I don't want to be separate from it. I've always been separate. I've had this deep, bottomless hunger for food, and it wasn't for food all along. It was for connection. It was for connection between my innermost self and with God. And I've had enough of separation and segregation and split-mindedness and aloneness and being alone in a crowd and those terrible isolated feelings that I can feel. And this paragraph just shows me I can exchange all this. I can exchange my old way of living for something new. Scary. It feels scary to me sometimes, but it's deeply, deeply satisfying. A friend, a friend used to say to me in OA years ago, Carol, you have to change one thing to get this recovery. And I'd say, yeah, okay, what's that then? She'd say, everything. You have to change everything. I am so ready to change everything. I'm so ready to keep growing in this program. And I'm so grateful to have you all with me on the journey. Thank you so much, my pal. Thanks, Carol. Okay, last but not least, Reva. Reva, you're up. Good morning. Thank you. Um, this is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. What an awesome meeting. Um, I wanted to share on the fact that this paragraph um, says, spiritual principles will solve my problems. It doesn't say that spiritual principles will help me be abstinent and that abstinence is the ultimate goal. Um, because what was the problem? The problem was me. The problem was my core beliefs and conceptions that made me miserable and drove me back to the food over and over and over again as the solution to my thinking problem. Um, and I love how it says it's brought me into a way of living. I was dying. I was dead inside. Um, and this is about a way of living, a design for living, uh, steps that have depth and weight, um, life, 
as opposed to death. And that is so much more than abstinence only or being sober only, because it doesn't say we're sober forever in this paragraph. It says we are having a way of life. Um, And how do I get that way of life that is infinitely, as I go deeper and deeper and deeper into the steps, how is it more satisfying? It's by working the program of action that was drastic, that changes that mental twist, that changes my thinking. Um, And that reminds me, we are not the same people. When I look around, you know, people have been transformed, not just in body, but from the inside out, not from the outside in. Um, and the fact that there is the word useful and satisfying in the same sentence, I have to laugh because I did not come here to be useful. I did not come here to be spiritual. I came here to get the food in order and get out of here and then get on with my life. Thank you very much. And the paradox or one of the paradoxes of this program is by working the steps, surrendering to this power that I didn't even know what that was, by getting out of myself, I'm more satisfied. Like, who'd have thought? It was always about, I want what I want when I want it, and it's all about me. Thank you very much. And now it's about the opposite, and I'm infinitely more satisfied. And that is just a miracle. Um, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. Okay, who else would like to comment? Vasa Suji. Uh, was that who's the third person? I heard Vasa Sue. Was it Mary Kay? Yep. All right. Well, let's go with that. Okay. So Vasa, you're up. Thank you, hey, Vasa. There yes, you are. I can hear you. Myself. Thank you, Larry, for your service, and good morning, everyone. And I am grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Florida, from Florida. You know, I had hit bottom. By the time I came to my first meeting, there was nothing more that I wanted to do than just to put the food down and keep it down. I came for the vanity, and I stayed for the sanity. I was just so desperate, and I was dying, which I didn't know at that time. You know, yes, the body, you know, I was more focused on the body. And I did receive that gift right from the beginning. I, you know, with God's help and the help of the people in my programs and the 12 steps, you know, I, that was the first promise I received was, you know, I lost the weight. That was such a miracle. But I kept on hearing, you know, Vasa, if you don't work the steps, you're going to go back into the food. So I decided I better stay here. So I was gradually uh, dying physically, emotionally, spiritually. No, I wasn't dead and buried in the ground. Yet, you know, but I was digging my own my own grave with the with a fork and a spoon, whatever you want to call it. But since I made <clears throat> excuse me, since I made the decision and was ready to surrender to God, which I call my higher power, my higher power, which I call God, I could not put the food down, and and I had asked God to please forgive me for all this whatever, you know, I was, I did what I was told to do. I had nothing to lose, you know, but my sponsor said at that time, you got nothing to lose but your weight, you know, because I was more concerned about it at that time. And I, you know, I'm just so grateful for this book, you know. It's all laid here. Just follow the directions. You know, people had to do it before me, you know. 
They had to do all the work. I'm so grateful for that. It was They just sent me this book, and they said, just read and follow the directions and go to meetings and go to the 12 steps. I mean, I am a changed person today. You know, in every way, in every way, the physical was the change, number one, you know, and then gradually, emotionally or mental and spiritually, God was changing me. And I would, uh, my old manners of life was by no means bad one, but I would not exchange it be best, its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back to it even if I could. Why would I want to go back there? You know, I would be dead if I continued doing what I was doing. I'm so grateful for Alcoholics Anonymous for writing this book, and we can apply it in all other steps. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, we have Sue. Sue, you're up. Thanks, Larry. This is Sue G. from Michigan. Um, what I'm seeing here, which I hadn't seen before um, until the last time I last time I read this, was that we're moving into the spiritual. Um, Fred's admitted that he's an alcoholic, that he's beat, and now they're giving him the spiritual. Um, if we look up principles in the um, Big Book Dictionary, it's right and wrong, good and bad, the moral fiber of our being. Um, Bill was presented with, from Evie, the uh, Oxford principles. Um, that's why they mentioned in the paragraph that we're not discussing about how, well, I was a nominal churchgoer. I was only a nominal churchgoer. They're still following through on that. You know, now the spiritual principles, those uh, tenets that, that they had would solve all my problems. Not only, you know, would it take the alcohol away, but it would solve all my problems. Um, we haven't gotten really to the uh, solid spiritual until we get into we agnostics and go into step two. But this is moving us into it. And um, and it, it so changes our lives. Uh, if we can apply these principles in all our affairs, in, in, into all our steps, as we move forward into, into action, um, or how it works. I mean, this is this is fan, this is absolutely fantastic. It's a whole life change. Um, something came up. I can't remember now, but it was yesterday. I think it was, it was Monday. Today's Wednesday. Monday. That it's going to blow our family apart. Temporary. You know. Well, I don't know how long. And um, if it weren't for my sponsor pulling me back into the spiritual, and back into you know, giving God my worry, my fear, and and things like that. Um, I don't know if I could have done it all by myself. It's a wee program, um, but no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. I the one thing I didn't give God was my food. Uh, when I gave God my food, then I was able to move on into the spiritual realm and really apply um, the uh, the conceptions. Um, the um, principles into all my affairs, um, good and bad, just my whole life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much. 
Mary Kay, our beauty consultant, can you do a quick share for perhaps a minute or so? I can, Larry. I'm pretty good at the quick Thank stuff. You. My name is Mary Kay. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader just for today. And what I'd like to say is since I've walked this journey with, with uh, the 12-step program and working the steps, I have seen and, and connected to, to this specific paragraph um, of a spiritual way of life, I've seen more people find a relationship with their higher power and whom I choose to call God than in any church I've ever been into in my whole life. And I've been a lot of years in church. And 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 to be more useful and to be humbled by the usefulness. I had a call yesterday from someone at the place where I worship asking me to help somebody who was in trouble with food. I... I didn't seek this person out. Um, the and just also I'm grateful and, and I'm listening and I'm willing and I thank you all for this beautiful program and the people on the line. Have a wonderful absent day. I pass. Thank you, Mary Kay. Well, thank thank you to everyone who has shared and please uh, join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And we'll now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Gail T., are you available to read on page 164? It's Edini. Edini. That would be perfect. You do that. (laughs) Thanks so much. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Larry, for all that you do. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Edini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.